Hello and welcome to uh, the brand new movie show, movie and TV show, I should say, from the Comic Crush. Um, this is 24 panels a second. So this is replacing the old uh, From Panels to Pictures show, which which had a good run, a couple of seasons. But now we're, we're kind of uh, starting fresh with this new show, fresh lick of paint, as it were. Uh, in which, you know, nothing's really that different, <laughs> but uh, of course, hopefully it will be. Uh, we're starting off in fine style tonight with the Batman. Uh, I am your host, Paul. Uh, I don't like to do these things alone, um, principally because you'll get bored and uh, I'll get bored. So um, joining me today is uh, someone we haven't seen on the channel for a while, uh, who I've been dying to get back on. Um, someone I actually love as a co-host, uh, and it's a pleasure to have her back on. So, welcome back, Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, How everyone? <laughs> How are you? Good, good. How's it going? It's good. It's good. It's good to have you back, and especially good to have you back for for this one, which is very much going to be a group effort tonight. Because uh, in addition to your fine self, we have uh, another gentleman that some of you may be familiar with. Um, Someone who I've podcasted with quite a bit, uh, and it's always a pleasure to see uh, Mr. Rob Deb, the R O B D O B. Hi guys. <laughs> um, Rob, how Great. you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm really good. I just watched as we're recording this. I've just watched the rugby. I was supported Ireland. Um, they managed to pull it out from the jaws of defeat, so I was very happy with that. It's great, it's, it's good to hear. It's good to hear. Um, I do, I do have to apologize. I'm really sorry to, to single you out here, Rob, but it, there is a bit of a sort of sound and technical problem going on with Rob's thing tonight. But uh, we'll, we'll yeah. try not to let it spoil everyone's enjoyment. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, it, it has been a wild ride getting to this point. Um, and now I, I do want to bring in a co-host who uh, no show would be complete without. Um, you know her, I know her. I'm still trying to get over the fact that I know her. It is regrettable, but here she is. It's Liz. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How are you doing, Liz? Oh, I'm swell. I mean, it's, Paul's it's... been begging me to come on this show. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't I beg mean, Liz to come on any show. I beg her not to come on. <laughs> I mean, so with all the requests flooding in constantly from him, I, I agreed, and yeah. uh, and I'm very excited to be here. If only she picked up the phone occasionally. There you go. Liz <laughs> always picks up the phone when I call. Oh, I don't know. Don't know what the problem is there. Yeah, oh, really don't. Oh. Oh. When, when we go off air, Rob, I'll tell you exactly what the problem is. <laughs> um, it, it is so lovely. We we did we were going to have uh, Keith on this episode. Unfortunately, as I've said in previous episodes, Keith couldn't make it this week. Uh, Rob has stepped in at a fairly short notice to come and do this for us. So thank you so much for doing that, Rob. But uh, we're all no, sending our no love problem. to Keith. Um, we shouldn't feel too sorry for Keith because Keith is in Glasgow enjoying Fright Fest at the moment, uh, which we are not. We're here in London. Uh, well, I'm here in London. Rob's here in London. Uh, Nikki is yeah. in. Nikki, what, what state are you in? Connecticut. Connecticut. And Liz is, is in uh, Ma Massachusetts. Uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, so not far, actually. So, uh, uh, Nikki, Liz will be popping round later for a coffee. <laughs> yeah. 
because that that's how it works right i mean that's you could just get like a, a yeah a just gym. a hop skip over yeah <laughs> it is yeah connecticut's right next door mm-hmm. <laughs> um I, I was expecting nikki to actually be in glasgow for fright fest given the tall man yeah, yeah. <laughs> keith, no, uh, the... representing yeah, yeah. <laughs> a piece of keith on the show um I just want to quickly point out that Keith did his own review for the Batman uh, with a bunch of really cool guests. Um, not as cool as this bunch, though. I mean, I have to say. Um, but you can check that out on his channel, Home Media Minefield. I will try and stick a link to that. Um, we are going to try and get through this podcast within an hour. Liz and I have just come fresh off uh, uh, this week's episode of Crushing Comics, where we did overrun, I'm afraid. Um, so buckle up just in case it's uh, it's not <laughs> going to be on the hour. Sorry. It's not going to um, be as long as the Batman, though, is it? It's not going to be as long as the film. Liz and I have done podcasts where we have purposely made them as long as the film before. Uh, I think we did that for The Last Jedi, Liz. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> two and a half hours sure. of... Yeah, two and a half hours of rage. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of rage... <laughs> We're to, to talk about the Batman, uh, which is in cinemas right now. Uh, many of you have seen it. We are going to go full spoiler tonight, so do prepare yourself for that. Um, if you haven't seen the film and you have just stumbled upon this out of curiosity because you've typed the Batman into a search engine somewhere, leave now, please, because I, we don't want to ruin the film for you. We are going to leave... No stone unturned with this, I think. Uh, we're going to do a quick round and, and get everyone's sort of base opinions on the film, and then we're going to launch into the discussion. Um, so please, please switch off now if you haven't seen the film. Um, so, guys, uh, presumably, did, did everyone see this opening weekend, or did some of you wait a few days? I saw it opening weekend. Right. I saw so it I... as soon as possible. How many times have you seen it, Liz? I, literally just the once. I was going to go again uh, a couple of days later. Um, unfortunately, um, weather and all sorts of other factors, yeah. uh, you know, prevented me from doing so. But I, uh, I, I do plan to see it again in the cinema. Um, probably, um, you know, soon. Nikki? Uh, yeah, I saw it that first week. It, I mean, I, I couldn't wait for this one. Right. <laughs> I, um, but I do want to see it again. So, I, yeah. I mean, once it finished, I was like, maybe I could just hang out over here and just catch the next one. <laughs> but but I had to leave quickly. Uh, <laughs> it was a long movie. It was a long movie. <laughs> um, so I, I, I caught it. I was very lucky. Our friend, our mutual friend Liz and, and Rob Claire, Claire McCallum, uh, invited me to, to a sort of advanced screening of it, um, which I was really pleased to see because otherwise I would not have seen it and sort of opening weekend because I was working, sadly. Yeah. And um, i really lucky to see it. So thanks to her and to Warner Brothers for, for letting me see it. Our written review is on the, the website now. You can take a look at that. And that is a spoiler-free review. So that you can take a look at. Um, so, yeah, I, I just want to go around and get everyone's just sort of base opinion on it nikki starting with you just just a a quick sampling how did you feel about the film i loved it best batman ever okay (laughs) he's gonna lay it out right there 
Rob? I uh, really enjoyed the word I'd use is it's elemental. In that, yeah. it's the King Kong of Batman. It's three hours of Batman being Batman. If you've come for any Bruce Wayne or any deviation from Batman, right. well, it's called Batman. What did you want to know? I call it the King Kong <laughs> Batman films. Like that, he just does. It's Batman, pure Batman. If you want range, if you want nuance, if you want subtext, go elsewhere. But if you want of Batman being Batman in a film called The Batman, where it's Batman, yeah, they're villains, but for a change, it's not about the villains. It's about The Batman for three hours. You'll love it. If you're... Uh, no, don't go. It's fine. Okay. There you go. Liz. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, okay. So um, I I think that um, you and I talked about uh, the trailers as they were coming out, mm. you know, particularly that, you know, that first big long trailer, um, you know, when I saw that, because I had I'd gone in, you know, kind of uh, with a little bit of, you know, like trepidation, um, you know, just, just uh, I feel like I've been burned. A couple of times recently you know uh with with batman related film stuff okay. uh and uh you know so so cautiously you know i was like okay i want to like this then the trailer came out i was like okay i like the look of this um let's hope it lives up to what i've seen in the trailer now having seen the film i feel that it did uh, i feel like i i really you know it, it surpassed um you know even even you know how cool i thought the trailer looked in uh, in certain ways, I think it does something better than any other Batman film, um, and we'll get into that. Uh, okay. You know, and I feel like it's unique in that way that it really leans very heavily into a side of Batman that I feel hasn't been explored in the films. Um, you know, uh, as much as it could have been. Um, so I, I know uh, exactly what what you know what, what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, and I loved that. Mm. I thought that was super cool. And as Rob said, I really feel like um, it is. Uh, truly you know like a batman film and it you know it does um really you know it, it, that that you know angle um is done super well i think you know um anybody who had doubts about pattinson when he's in the suit he is batman um you know so i i yeah i enjoyed yeah okay that's, that's, I don't think that's it's a perfect film, but I liked it uh, very much. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the things I liked and the, the few things that I thought, you know, weren't, weren't as much um, my cup of tea. But, yeah. Mm. I, I have to confess to still being on the fence about this film. Um, I, I had very a, a very kind of visceral, raw response to it uh, coming out of the film, which was kind of what I channeled into the written review. Uh, however, because that was designed to be a spoiler free review i couldn't really go into a lot of the details that i had issues with uh i will try and do that tonight you know time time allowing um but i'm really interested in hearing what you guys want to say about it um so i'm i'm kind of on a little bit on the fence about the movie i i, I think there's a lot in it to like uh, and there's a lot in it to like very strongly. I just don't know that there's a lot in it to love. I don't think the film is designed to be loved. Um, I, I think there's some really interesting things in there. 
Uh, I think it's a fascinating approach. However, I'll, I'll get more into my <laughs> very visceral, <laughs> very vocal feelings in a bit if I can. Um, so, I mean, who who went in? I mean, Liz, you talked about anticipation there and about maybe not going to join. Who who went in? kind of not expecting to enjoy it so rob did you did you go in thinking i'm not gonna like this i was i was expecting to be entertained i wasn't expecting it to be engaged as i was and the main reason for that i had i have that i had that rpat skepticism for a start you know not 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 a twiglet fan um but the thing that pulled me, like, I went, I know I'm going to be entertained, was Matt Reeves, because I loved what he did with Planet of the Apes. Okay. So I was like, you know what? This will be fine. Um, it's going to be three hours, was my main apprehension. And not outside of the logistics that everyone over 40 has about a three-hour film, just simply, like, is this really going to hold three hours? I mean, an epic scope like Endgame or... I'm saying just anything that's more of an ensemble, you can see doing three hours. But mm. to hit three hours on what is a really narrow note and sustain it and not have people tune out was what I was sort of really worried about. And I was just amazed that he did that in, in space. I was very, very impressed afterwards. Mm. But, yeah, I was apprehensive. It was mainly about uh, our packs. Um, that was my main concern. Uh, Colin Farrell, as much as I love watching, um, I was worried about how that was going to come across because, okay. you know, well, just again, you know, you've taken, well, in my opinion, a very handsome man and give him a load of prosthetics when you could have given that role to someone maybe just naturally less conventional, you know, that okay. I don't want to get, but he, uh, he brought that charisma that he does bring to any role. And he made, you know, I was worried about casting. Those two really were my things. Okay. So, so Nikki, how about you? Like, did you go in expecting not to enjoy this? Or did you think, yeah, this is going to be for me? Well, uh, first off, on the Colin Farrell thing, I didn't do as much research because the Pat- Pattinson thing, I was like, yeah. uh, I don't know about that. But then I saw him in that role, uh, the devil all the time one, where he was like that creepy priest. And I was like, mm, I think this guy might be able to fall into this end of things in this world. Uh, I had no idea Colin Farrell was even in the movie. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. So then by the yeah. end, of it, I was like, who is this like no name guy that they gave this role to? And then I see his name in the crowd. Like, get the hell out of here. He was awesome. <laughs> I was, it blew my mind. Ooh. It blew my mind that he was in that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I had that same the three hour thing. I'm like, thing, I'm like how much are we just gonna jam like, in here? And you know, is it just gonna lull on? Um, I didn't feel that way at all. Um, every moment was exciting. I think that part where he just like turned the Batmobile on, I was like near tears. Like it was emotional <laughs> for me as well. I'm like, yeah, get him. Um, but yeah, no, it, it far surpassed where I thought it was going to hit. Um, and it really has brought it above the the Christopher Nolan Batmans for me, which those, I love those. And obviously, <laughs> you're <Stab! stab. laughs> I love those. I love those movies to death. But like, on, on the dark end of things, I think this far surpassed that. 
Um, I like the wackiness of the Tim Burton ones uh, that fall more on the animated cartoon style. Um, <clears throat> this was just like nowhere near that. It was just its own thing. And I think it was really well put together. I think it was cast well. I would, there were no changes I would have made to it. Yeah, even uh, the Riddler. That guy made a, <laughs> from the girl next door to the Riddler. <laughs> um, but yeah, great cast. <laughs> I couldn't, that blew my mind too. Like, oh. This guy's been yeah. getting around. Yeah. Um, so, Liz, I know you, you went in, like, kind of, you, you wanted to enjoy it, right? You expected to enjoy it, I think. That, um, I, I did, but I, 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 yeah, I had, I had the same issues, you know, when, when, you know, the three hour thing was like definitely a consideration. I was like, this could be a long three mm -hmm. hours if this is not a good movie. Like, um, and, uh, Pattinson, I did not have an issue with. Uh, I think that I, you know, I, I these days, um, I go into these things and, you know, I just wait to see the performance. Um, you know, as I sort of, you know, I've had various conversations with customers at the shop, you know, I sort of, oh, are you excited for the Batman movie? And I got a lot of like, well, if that Pattinson wasn't in it. Um, you know, and uh, I was like, well, okay, yeah, that's fair. But like, you know, you may recall, like, you know, back, uh, back when they cast Heath Ledger that, uh, you know, people weren't happy about that, uh, because he was known as like kind of a teen heartthrob, you know, at the time, like, um, his background was like, you know, 10 things I hate about you. And people were like, what the Joker? No. And then he did this amazing, incredible performance as the Joker. Um, so it's like, okay, yeah, just because Pattinson was in a teen romance movie 10 years ago doesn't mean that, you know, uh, that he, he's, you know, that should, you know, uh, prevent him from doing a good performance um, as Batman. And I thought, uh, you know, I, I thought that, yeah, um, he did a great job um, yeah. as Batman. Um, now, here's, here's the thing, though. Um, and a criticism of mine that I, you know, I'm sure we can talk about. Maybe mm. Paul felt this way. I don't know. Um, was that I don't know how much I liked his performance as Bruce Wayne. Um, you know, yeah. I felt yes. like in the suit, yeah. he was awesome. I felt like out of the suit, he was kind of weird. Um, and I think that was a choice between him and Matt Reeves. I think they both kind of had a particular vision for their Bruce Wayne. Um that for me didn't work as well. Um, but I think that was intentional, as Rob said, like this is very much about Batman and Bruce Wayne, you know, is barely touched on uh, as a character. And what you do see uh, is a is a different, different take on Bruce Wayne. Very um, much. I'd, 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 I'd say that the Bruce Wayne thing can be argued because he's in year two. He's yet to think he has to make a millionaire playboy persona yet. Right. So, because he's, he's still that guy, if you know what I mean. Um, Bruce Wayne isn't a suspect for running around in a cape yet, but I think in two or three years' time, if he doesn't have a social life, he will be. You know, I mean, I, I agree with you totally on on how it comes across in this that there is no, there's none, there's none of that charisma. I mean, and it, that comes. Michael Keaton, for example, got loads of hate mail. Tim Burton got loads of hate mail for casting Michael Keaton. Um, I remember there's, there was a magazine in Britain called Fear, which was like our version of Fangoria. And they did an interview with Tim Burton. And basically loads of people just sent him pictures of Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
that, right. that was it. Loads of people just kept sending him pictures of Dolph Lundgren. Um, um, I love I that. Think, you know, I, think, I mean, especially because that back in the day, you know, you had to go yeah. pay for a stamp. You know, what? you had to go. You had to send that mail. You had to mean it. You, you had, had to pay for it. You know, you got that photo of Dolph Lundgren. You had to I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, how did you get your picture? You had to buy a magazine with a picture of golf. I mean, that is an investment. Uh, Liz, obviously, you just cut it out of smash hits. I mean, come on. <laughs> you only get one picture. You only get one picture, right, Paul. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, okay, this one is that far, but just, I wanted to touch on that Bruce Wayne thing, yeah. Let, and let's that, talk whoever about the is going to slant off. Whoever gets Batman is always slated, you know. It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. You know, who is the same? <clears throat> there hasn't been one actor who hasn't come under fire, apart from Adam West, I think, for, for yeah. being Batman. Uh, yeah, that always happens. And there, there hasn't been. I, I think the only universally loved bit of casting in a Batman film was Jack Nicholson as the Joker. But like that has been yeah. the only universally loved bit of casting in a Batman film. Um, so let's, let, I just want to dig into the casting just for a, a couple of minutes. Uh, so I I didn't realise Farrell was in the movie until I, I think someone pointed out from one of the trailers, oh yeah, that is supposed to be Colin Farrell. Uh, and it's an amazing transformation. Now, in terms mm. of his acting, I think he's very quietly become one of the best character actors in in the world in the last few years. I, I think he's shifted beautifully from this sort of leading man status that his kind of behaviour off camera didn't really allow him to be. And I think he always had trouble with that persona. Uh, and I don't think he ever liked it. I think he was always serious about acting, but went through that kind of young man's thing of, of you know, being a bad boy. Um, he was... I, w- Sorry, I would add, though, that there's a professional point where I think 2007, mm. it was about 2007, certainly for the UK, every film had Colin Farrell in it. Yeah, definitely. There was a period between Phone Booth, SWAT, um, and, of course, Daredevil, where, like, every film... In terms of... I mean, I mean, you know that those films are made within a great deal of time within each other, yeah. but there was, like, a Farrell year mm. over, you know, in, two, like, 2007... So, you know, I think when you're pushed that much publicly at that young age, those personal effects are going to are gonna yeah, espouse. Totally, totally. He's totally. in the Conaheed level now, you know. Absolutely. I mean, I, I remember, um, okay, I'm going to name drop horribly here. I remember bumping into Joel Schumacher uh, in Covent Garden when John Schumacher was obviously still alive. Um and I had just seen a film of his called Tigerland, which for me was the the turning point in my opinion of, of Colin Farrell's acting abilities. Yeah. And like the moment I mentioned that film to Joel Schumacher, like I was just gushing horribly and saying, oh, I really love Falling Down. I love Flatliners and Lost Boys. I love all those movies. I love your films. And the moment mm. I mentioned Tigerland, he just went, that's all Colin. That's like he, he just no, he didn't talk about any of the other films, but the moment I mentioned Tigerland, he just went, "That's that's down to him," um, mm. and, and that's a really interesting thing for for a fairly big name director to to come out and say. So I, I mean, I, I've really and you know, if anyone 
Um, I don't know if anyone's watched the second season of True Detective, but if you take a look at that, there's a beautiful scene where Colin Farrell finds out that uh, his son isn't his son and or the kid that he thinks is his son isn't his son. And like, watch that fucking guy's acting. It's incredible. Like, he, like I think he's really transformed into a fascinating and interesting actor. Patterson also has transformed from the teen idol thing into an amazing actor. You know, he picked his directors really carefully. He worked with David Cronenberg. He worked with uh, the Safdie brothers. Good Times is a is a brilliant film. Nikki, you you had a very interesting <laughs> name for Patterson. <laughs> so in in some messages that that Nikki and I were sending back and forth. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what did they call him? <laughs> one of them just ended with with Nikki going, "Yeah, I love I love Creepshow Rob Patterson." Oh um, yeah, you, guys, I've got to step off for a minute because my door buzzer is going. I'm really sorry. <laughs> you guys carry on. Yeah, that that was a really creep. I don't know if you guys have seen the one with uh, Tom Holland. <clears throat> Uh, the devil. What, I wrote it down because I knew what was going. Oh, right. devil. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, it was like this really creepy. He had like this really creepy priest role. So like that was the first time I've ever seen him in like a total deviation from you know obviously his roots with that. Um, I know Paul had um, Paul. What was the TV show that you had recommended as well, where he really had a different role, Pattinson? Who Pattinson? Uh, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know. Uh oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought there was a TV show he was in. Uh, maybe he was a, I don't know, he had another creep role. Uh, so oh, he man, had... I don't know. I, maybe I was talking about Farrell. Um, oh, maybe. So, well, why you bring up Farrell? Did, I just want to ask, did anyone notice the little penguin waddle moment? Yes. Uh, like that's what uh, you know what it's that thing where you give give me that fraction of a second and I'm happy, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Do it, it will lampoon and so on and so forth. Like little yeah. details. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, the the Batmobile should always have a massively pointless engine. Okay, that that shoots fire. Can I ask you guys one? Did he stall out the Batmobile? <laughs> like oh, at the beginning of the scene. Yeah, like it yeah, was going, it, yeah. it was just gonna run everybody over, and then it looked like it yeah. stalled out. It I, did. Think, I, yeah. I think it did. Yeah. I, yeah, because uh, he's I, built it himself. Well, yeah, he's, he, he, I mean. I just want to add because as you bring up the Batmobile bit there, the not one of the things that makes this so Batman is there's absolutely no exposition, which I loved, but I would say that this film. Has is building on the exposition of stuff like the Nolan verse yes. because that's okay. told you how all those things happen. So mm. if you were walking in and that's the first time you've you you know who Batman is, you know I'm talking about the youngsters. I think it would well, be. Who a should bit not different. see this film, really? No. no. <laughs> yeah, but it's a film. Definitely not. I remember, I'm. Our, our rating system is slightly different. We're a 15 over here, so mm. no one under 15 is allowed to see the film, parent or not. That that's that's the deal. You know, the other films, like even with the pencil trick, which I think is quite close, quite close to the thumb drive. 
you know, yeah. is in terms Absolutely. of what you're doing there. You know, that was a 12A. So, like, when I went to see that film, there were dads who'd gone to see Batman, their kids cried, and that's two tickets gone because they had to walk the kid out. <laughs> yeah. I, it was a very, I mean, that opening scene was really mm. disturbing. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, it is I... not a film for kids. I mean, that, you know, that was yeah. like uh, the, the uh, ferociousness uh, with which, you know, uh, the Riddler, you know, takes out the mayor. Uh, yeah. He was the, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, it was pretty mm. horrible. I mean, it's like proper horror movie opening. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with the voyeurism, like, you know, watching um, from, Ooh, you know, yeah. from across the, you know, across the rooftops, you know, looking into their home. Yeah. It was really chilling. Um, mm. You know, I, I, I really don't think um, that, uh, you know, a kid, you know, uh, should be allowed to watch this film. You know, I, I think uh, over here, I, I'm pretty sure it's PG-13, I want to say, yeah. but I don't agree with that. I think it's an R. Yeah, okay. I agree with you there too. Yeah, because it's just like between that, then you have like all the the followers of the Riddler and everything, and how they yeah. like all group up together. It's very there's sinister things, and it's you know, I don't know if it should be broadcasted per se. You know, like yeah. it's just like family friendly filming. You know, like it's pretty intense. Like even yeah. Dean yeah. just mentioning the beginning part, I got goosebumps again because I remember that the rug thing, you know. Oh yeah, oh. yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, it's really, really, you know, visceral. And um, yeah, I mean, even uh, even the Nolan films, I feel like a kid could watch them, even though they're dark in tone. But this is this is really next level, mm -hmm. um, in yeah. terms of violence and mature themes. Um, uh, I, I I do want to say that like I feel the film was incredibly violent, but also bloodless. Um, so yeah, but it's not, it's not zappy, it's not laser gun, no. spider man, zappy zap violence, is it? It um, is vengeance, iron breaking bones and noses, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I've got to say, the that the, there was an incredibly sinister tone built up in that opening scene. Uh, well, yeah, sorry, not the opening scene, but the first sort of you know, where is the Batman okay. sequence? I like the, yeah. the booming kind of music building to yeah. you know which which crime scene is he going to turn up and kick ass at and you know that that was incredible i just want to make a quick trivia note the kid that plays the the young kid who he let kind of lets go yeah in that that opening sequence is the kid that plays jason todd in the titans show um so so kind of people have are you sure i don't think yeah i'm absolutely sure no uh, it's not, not sorry not Maybe. jason todd um yeah tim drake, tim tim drake. drake. okay that, yeah that, you, that, yes um so a lot of people have kind of posited that oh there's going to be but it, it apparently isn't a crossover and in fact when he was on the set of titans i think he got he had already gotten the role in the batman and just didn't bother mentioning it to anyone <laughs> <laughs> kind of kept it kept it very quiet but yeah just a, it's all, just a, a trivia side note for you yeah but um, it's also the half clown face is the look of the super villain gangster prankster from the uh, <laughs> people are going to google this that's the fact gangster yeah. prankster from the uh batman loosely based um superheroine tv series black um uh, black scorpion produced by roger corman all right, okay. okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. That's got absolutely um, no point to that sort of no, thing. It's but... about <laughs> 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 Um 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the, the 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 film was very very dark and very very yeah. moody, and they seem to have spent a lot of time in building this kind of uh, oppressive mood with the rain and and the sound. Unfortunately for me, I'm, I'm going to get into the negatives now. <laughs> so my, my problem was, is that they, they built up so much of that, that the film then became uh, overwhelming in, in terms of a noise level. Uh, there was one sequence where, right near the beginning, where you kind of got the sound of, of, the, Batman, of the bike that he rides around, yeah. in, sort of pre-Batmobile bike, Nirvana, the street sounds, and a voiceover going all at once. And it's just like, look, man, dial it the fuck back a bit. Just dial it back. You've built this beautiful mood. You don't need to hammer this like this. And, and you know, for me, the, the voiceover caused another problem. Because, like, I, I understand where it comes from. So throughout Batman, there is this kind of diary of Bruce Wayne thing that that, that yeah. uh, is, is all through year one. I think it started with year one. And yeah, yeah. then it's, it's kind of present in a ton of the stories. And there's a, there's quite a few good stories in, in Legends of the Dark Knight where the diary becomes a, a sort of focus of, you know, it becomes a sort of MacGuffin. Yeah. Um, but it just didn't work for me, man. Like, just... <laughs> It's just like, get, please, shut him up. Just shut him up as quickly as possible. And just give me these shots of, of like, the mood building and the music and stuff like that, and I'm I'm fine. Um, you, you need dialogue, Paul. That's the problem. But you don't. You do it's not di dialogue. But it isn't, Rob, it isn't. We're going to have dialogue of our own now. Um, it well, isn't a dialogue. It's a monologue. It's a droning freaking well, monologue. No, I mean dialogue in terms of whatever reflection you want to call it, because the minute you don't have conversations there, sadly, because I've seen this happen when there's been technical right. issues in a film, people, people went to see that film Silent Picture and complained that no one was talking. Yeah? <laughs> Yeah, they went and they went and got their money back because they thought there was something wrong with the audio. So you need to have some words. Like I, I don't think anyone done. would have had that that problem with Nirvana blasting out and the rain and the if there's sounds no, there's of. No, I genuinely I, think that's the level. So I sorry, mean, Liz. I think Liz wants to go ahead. Sorry, Liz. Liz, okay, sorry. so uh, so um, I. I think that maybe you were right that there was an overkill um, in that moment of, you know, uh, of, yeah, maybe, maybe have it just be the monologue then instead of the Nirvana song, uh, maybe well, because I here here's why I think the monologue actually worked better. Okay. Um, it's because um, this film has decided to do what, um, what Spider-Man homecoming did in that, you know, there is no death of Bruce Wayne's parents. There is no, like, you know, they, they don't give you, those things that you're already familiar with, uh, it, you know, if you ever, ever watched a Batman movie, ever read a Batman yeah. story, they don't do that stuff. So what they're doing instead, I feel, is you know, is by putting that monologue in at the beginning, they're they're giving you the information you need to proceed, um, and you know, with with the assurance that you kind of know, okay, even if you are watching this as your first Batman film, this is his mission statement, and okay. you know. And that's the best way to get it yeah. because he doesn't interact with people. Even Alfred, even the yeah. interactions he has with Alfred are very brief and, and, you know, and they don't, 
talk a lot, you know? So I felt like that was important. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So that, that, that's a really good point, actually. Is that, that um, it, I don't agree. I think they could have just lost the voiceover. I mean, I agree in, in what you're saying in terms of, yeah, okay, it's year two, and therefore you kind of need to find a way to state what, what he's the doing. mission is, yeah, right. and what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I felt it could have been done with interaction with the characters or just letting the audience just catch up on their own. I don't, I, the reason why I felt the voiceover was such a problem was I, I just found it utterly redundant given what was going on on screen. Nikki, I'm sorry, you, you wanted to say something. Um, no, I, I agree it should have skewed more towards the monologue. Um, I thought the Nirvana song in there was really cool. Um, and I liked that it was, you know, kind of infused in the story. Uh, funny you brought up the Spider-Man Homecoming because I think it's the same composer too. Right. Um, yes, you're yeah, absolutely so, right. Um, but yeah, like I thought the music overall was really good. Um, it was really powerful in it. Uh, however, I think in that moment, with the monologue in the beginning, I had the same feeling. And again, like I really did not have any negatives for this movie at all. That was the only thing that was just a little bit jarring was there's just too much happening at the same time. Um, and I wish it would have either just dialed back music a little bit and just punched up the voice or whatnot, you know, just pick one mm. <laughs> and ride with it. Uh, yeah. However, that being said, I think the motorcycle parts with the Nirvana <laughs> in there were really cool. Um, I wanted to mention briefly, uh, because we're talking about the Nirvana song, I was actually surprised to hear that in there. Um, you know, because it, it just, you know, uh, I mean, Nirvana, you know, if they're, they're so kind of big and iconic, you know, it was, mm. it was just, to me, I was like, oh, that's a really interesting, like musical choice. I mean, it's a great song. Um, but, um, having like read a little bit, um, you know, uh, about, uh, Matt Reeves and Pattinson's take on Bruce Wayne, uh, apparently it's very intentional because they were both, uh, using Kurt Cobain as kind of a template for his Bruce mm -hmm. Wayne. Um, you know, the, the two the two reference points that Robert Pattinson mentioned in an interview he did that he used um, were uh, Kurt Cobain and Michael Corleone uh, from The Godfather. And those were, mm. you know, those were kind of uh, what he modeled his performance as Bruce Wayne on, which I thought was very interesting. Because uh, it's not something that would have ever occurred to me yeah. as, a, you know, as a resource for yeah, Bruce Wayne. But it's well, like, okay, I, I can sort of see the, as i the, understand sorry go on go on Nikki. the sorry. Kurt cobain thing i think he had um you know he was he had a problem with being in the spotlight so right. and there's also that uh dynamic with the bruce wayne thing you know like it's like how much am i going to get involved you know or you know it's just like that struggle between i just want to do this you know like hidden and just like let my my art shine, you know, and like it was it, it, specifically yeah. because it is Kurt Cobain. I think it's really interesting uh, the dynamic between Bruce and him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought I, you know, I, there's definitely parallels that you know. It's like okay, that actually makes sense in a weird way. I'd add that I think it's also about the timing because Nirvana is one of those things. I mean, I know we've all we've seen the thing of like. Well, if his parents died 20 years ago, they came out of the screening of Shrek, you know? So you've got the... <laughs> is that a new one? No, you, you've heard that sort of one. Like, is that because 
of where Nirvana is in terms of like a timeline, something that constantly gets repeated. You have a traumatic event in the early 2000s as a kid. It is something you are actually going to gravitate to that much more. You can see on almost cause and effect there mm. in terms of why that tune would be particularly playing as a soundtrack, whatever emotional arrest he has. Definitely. You know, Definitely. For and, me, and, it's Leonard Cohen, but, you know, that's my age. That's the thing. Yeah. And I think there's, there is something about the repetition of music as well. Like, I, I tend yeah. to find a great comfort in listening to the same songs over and over. Like, not on repeat, you know, five times mm. in a row. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll admit there's times even now when I'll listen to the same song twice in a row, you, you know? Mm. Or, or plug in a couple of different versions of that. Um, and there is a great emotional comfort to that. I, I don't know that there's yeah. a great emotional comfort to be had from from something in the way. By <laughs> I say that more in the, soma- the, the somatic. Yeah, of no, like, totally. I'm, I'm just taking the piss. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just... <laughs> you know. I mean, it doesn't really work. It doesn't really work if he's, like, turning up and, like, trying to fight crime to Agadu. You know? No, I, 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 <laughs> although Rob, you know, the birdie song, I thought would have been well, ideal. Him and Robbie. Really. I've become, well, that's bird man, isn't it? You know, I don't think <laughs> Gangnam style, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Can we do this monologue over there? I'd buy the ticket for the Gangnam man. I do. Um, <laughs> can I? It's up to Crumb, I just do want to ask the audience, uh, who's hopefully at home glued to this right now, uh, or those of you listening on the podcast, what would your alternative soundtrack for the Batman be? Can I just say we're doing a big thing here? There's a whole mood. I'm doing a big. This is this is flux. This is not. This is not me. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, what what would your alternative? So, listeners and watchers, what would your alternative soundtrack for the Batman be? Feel free to drop it into the comments or hit us up on Twitter. I'd love to know what what your ideas for for music to fight crime to. And we'll uh, maybe we'll make a playlist and put it on Spotify of the best the best answers. Um, so, yeah, I mean. I, I think there, there's there's something to be said on, on both points for that. I could have done without the voiceover, though. I, I really could. Mm. Um, but there you go. It, it is what it is. The film exists think, as it exists, and, and that, that's not something I can I can change. So uh, uh, I definitely yeah. feel like I I like the puzzles. I like the fact that the the riddles were actual riddles. Yeah, that yeah. there was sure. you could conceivably solve while being distracted or whatever as a cinema yeah. person two yeah. seconds yeah yeah, <laughs> well, yeah i got this <laughs> everybody's yeah. stupid all right batman he's already sat there like this yeah got that yeah yeah <laughs> in the film just pure we genuinely will feel he's done it um yeah, yeah, I, I saw that coming from the start. Yeah, right, right, right. I, I could just <laughs> actually see, I, I could just actually see them in a room. I, I feel there's got to be a scene on, on, on the cutting room floor where they're in a room together and uh, Jim Gordon is talking and, and Patterson's just going, just, just shut up a minute. I've got it. I've got it. It's, it's oh, I know it. I know it. Just shut up. No, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Let me think. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck up. <laughs> Which. Which one of us is the detective here, Jim? Which one of us is the detective? 
actually I thought it was me. the one with the bag. I thought it was the one with the bag, but no, it's the guy with the ears. <laughs> you know, that, that, uh, your, your ears outrank my badge that says I've detective. Spent, well, uh, I've spent years being trained by professionals. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, we, we are probably going to go over an hour. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, I do. No, I do I'm, think I'm, uh, I'd like to take this uh, as an opportunity to talk about the fact, um, yeah. which I mentioned earlier. Um, I do think that uh, in terms of the detective stuff, this film does it better than any other. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, which I love because I really don't feel that's an aspect of Batman that gets explored enough. It's like, yeah, of course, I love to see people, you know, get punched in the face by Batman. Um, and he does punch a lot of people in the face. That does happen. However, uh, you know, what I really love about the character is, you know, is that he is the world's greatest detective. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't know how that gets sort of uh, like swept aside, you know, in, in most of the previous films, but it kind of does. And uh, and here it's like it's very much the focus of the story and um, and it's done really well. And it's very, you know, um, what it reminded me of a lot of was like kind of like David Fincher's Seven. Um, you know, wait, you know, because these are all really very creepy clues left by the by the Riddler. It's very, yeah. you know, uh, very dark in that way. And um, and watching him, you know, solve those riddles was really cool. And like they did surprise me. And, you know, and so, for, you know, in that way, I think it's, you know, it, it surpasses any of the previous films, yeah. even including yeah. the Nolan ones, which are like, you know, I, I adore the Nolan films. So, yeah, but it's uh, not the, the, the factoring isn't there really compared to this. No, yeah, this, not at all. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, um, and it did work. I just like the dynamic. There was a real world there in terms of the yeah. city, in terms of how Oswald worked. I would say though that if you can't figure out that your dad is on the take and is a millionaire um, over the last twenty years, maybe you're not that good a detective. <laughs> you know, let me go ask the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you guys feel i'd like to know how you guys felt about that twist with thomas wayne um i've I've got strong opinions if i if you're all right with that i'll go i think it i think it sat on the fence and he should have made it more that thomas wayne was a bad guy because i kept thinking of joker Mm-hmm. And I would have liked to see that. Also, again, because this is more about reservations, no criticisms. Like Joker, this guy's origin can then be directly alluded to a mad mum who was possibly kept in an attic. And right. that that's not, you know, my mum was from Arkham and now I dress as a bat. I mean, I, know. I, I do want to say something about that, which is I, I, yeah. I so the twist with the mum yeah I, I actually really liked and then the reason i liked that is because i i think if you've got members of your family who are uh mentally unwell yeah um there is always something in the back of your mind and i'm happy to be corrected by anyone on this any member of the audience any of you guys um but i feel there's always something in in the back of your mind that goes what if i'm like this too you know you know you almost treat the the mental illness as a virus that you can mm. somehow catch from from long exposure and i i i've certainly gone through that myself um so i i definitely definitely kind of completely get that moment 
And what I love about it is because it actually kind of, you know, with the camera holding on him as he finds this out, it's just like, yeah. So you're now, you are now dressing up as a bat <laughs> to go and fight crime. Think about yeah. this now. Think about this very, very carefully. It is I, a bit I, simplistic, Rob. Yes, I agree. However, I, I do think it is something. I, that I people... think, though, that's why I bring that. That distinction isn't about uh, a personal family history so much as something where he's been doing all of this autonomously, and the right. director's just gone, "Oh yeah," and this has happened. Okay, you that's know, right. that, that's why I put that distinction there. That's not someone who's grown. I, Conditions of revelation suddenly, oh, yeah, Al and your dad. I there was a chance to make this flashpoint Batman in a sense that right. Thomas Wayne was a bad guy who did all these things to protect his family, and, and I would like it to cross that line, for example. Also, um, I, I do want to ask, does anyone else feel because I, I felt in watching the film, look, I've got to say, the central mystery and mysteries and, and de detection mm. stuff in the film, I, I felt was a bit simplistic. Like, I, I, I genuinely felt, actually, this is kind of quite an easy thing to solve. <laughs> like, and I, I felt it was just a bit too simplistic. Um, with the, the Thomas Wayne stuff, now my understanding of that is, is that Thomas Wayne set up that, the Gotham Renewal Fund to sort yeah. of, keep Gotham going, but it was then sabotaged by the the, the kind of government in Gotham. And, yeah, and, 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 yeah. But I, I don't feel that Thomas Wayne was party to that. No. I, I feel actually he would have been trying to stop it. And and for me, the indication was that, that the murder of Thomas and Martha Wayne was kind of due to the fact that he he was always kind of against what everyone was doing. I, I didn't feel that he was part of a criminal enterprise willingly. I, no, I but feel... he, what, I think what actually, you know, uh, his, his you know, crime that he appears to be guilty of was, um, was uh, inadvertently Locking. getting a man killed by Falcone. Uh, well, you know, okay, which, thank you. Yeah, yeah. that, um, you know, he, he apparently intimated that he wanted Falcone to rough up uh, a character who uh, who is yeah. somebody we potentially know. Yeah. If so, you remember the name of the character who was killed, it's Edward Elliot. Yes, who who is uh, as Bat fans will know is is the father of Tommy Elliot, uh, who later turns out to be uh, Hush. Um, so that that was an interesting bit of foreshadowing twist. there, maybe. Yeah. Um, I gotta say that I thought that part was a little BS though. Really? Like, okay. Yeah. You go, you get like the story uncovered by um, Falcone. Mm. Okay. To where he's like, yeah, your dad came to me. And then he just goes and visits. Uh, oh my God. Uh, oh my God. What, what's the name? Alfred. Alfred. And yeah. And then he's like, "No, your dad didn't do that. That wasn't that wasn't his plan." Like, okay, right. everything's solved now. Like, no, okay, you still yeah. talk to him. Like, you can't expect yeah. something wasn't going to happen. Well, right. just like too much of an easy solve. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, ab absolutely. I think. Thank you, Nikki, because you when you brought up that because I just feel that the story should have just 
just gone straight with it and gone, or you not. know what? Yeah. He had him killed. Your dad had this man killed because he was that scared for you and your mother, right? That mm. is the thing I could get behind. Yep. But was it Joe Chill? Was it Scooby Doo? <laughs> Society is to blame. Maybe it was some random stranger. No, no, I, no. Yeah, yeah, I personally, I, I have to say, as far as a, just that development, I didn't really like it. I did, I thought it was unnecessary. Yeah. And I, I actually was like, well, I would have just preferred it be that, you know, there, there was no conspiracy that, you know, his, his dad you know, why did they need to turn him into sort of a bad guy or, you know, or somewhat of a bad guy? Yeah. I, you know, I just felt like it was unnecessary. Um, you know, if, and as you say, if you were going to do it, then just do it. Like yeah, have him be a full oh, villain yeah. or just not I'd at all. Either, either of those two takes, I'd have been fine with, but this, <laughs> There's yeah. a difference between someone being a riddle and someone just being a frustrating nuisance, and yeah. that yeah. is a frustrating right. nuisance. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and I, I did like the stuff, you know, about Martha Wayne. I thought yeah. actually, okay, that works. It certainly, you know, as Paul sort of pointed out, it, it certainly could um, speak to, you know, Bruce's psyche, and you know, and whether or not he does have a mental health issue, it might at least make him consider the possibility that he does. Um, yeah. You know, and I so I thought all of that was interesting, but I could have done without Thomas Wayne, you know, uh, inadvertently having someone killed, you know. That would be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we all, it's the doofusness of it. It's yeah. just, just, yeah. You know, I, 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 I got to say both of you two, like, even really did nail it there because it's like either either he's Thomas Wayne and he's that altruistic despite what mm. the cost is or he's Thomas Wayne industrialist and everyone stays away from my kids you know it's gotta be yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um the... sorry no, I, just... I, I, I'll just say that the, the, the aspect I did like was the whole outrage uprising stuff at the end though because the idea is it's not even about the riddler it was about these ideas of these people thinking they're vengeance mm -hmm. that yeah was really well for me and that's probably like the one puzzle that i figured out beforehand just because it was on the board next to the screen <laughs> <laughs> i'm quite i'm I, I turn up to be so entertained i went to see death of the nile um two days after and i haven't seen any of the original Agatha Christie. So I bring it up also specifically as a detective film, which you're supposed to solve, right? right? All I can say is I knew that hat had something to do with it at the end of it. I didn't know who the killer was, but I knew that that hat was involved. And when I saw the hat involved, I went, yeah, I solved the crime, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I hasten to mention this is a film that I haven't seen yet. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Haven't There's you ever read the books? No, 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 no I've wow. read Agatha Christie. I haven't read Death of the Nile. I haven't seen any of the other films. I just, you know, I've only been going to the cinema for the last four weeks. So I went to see a detective film and I went to see another. I bring that up as the example of detective, tricky stuff. I'm just going to watch the, the explosions and the cape. Or detective, oh, there was a hat and a man with a mustache. And, um, you know, the KP guy was better. <laughs> um, so, I mean, moving on to kind of 
the the, the sort of middle juncture of the film and then then into the, the the kind of ending. How did you guys find it? I mean, well, I, I think we need to talk about Catwoman, don't we? Uh, we, oh, we well, talk about I was say, I'm like, oh. yeah. now um, a great bit of casting. I I thought fantastic actress. Um, yeah, who I genuinely think improves anything she's in. Um, I, like I, I really enjoy her roles. I really loved her in in Big Little Lies, which I don't know if anyone's seen the the, yeah. the TV show. Um, and, and she's terrific in that. Certainly, I can see why she was cast f physically. You you know what I mean? Like I, I think she suits that that kind of physicality really well, and performs really well in the film. Um, how, how did we find her, her acting? You know, oh, I, in, I thought in, she was fantastic as Selena. Yeah. I thought that, you know, really, yeah, as you say, great bit of casting. I love that they went with the short hair Selena, who like wears wigs as part of her disguises, mm -hmm. and yeah. you know, that they, they gave you the Catwoman suit, but without the full Catwoman suit, you know, I liked that it was, it was still, it was basically her outfit, but with, you know, her little burglary mask that just happened to have little pointy bits. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was like, yeah, I, I, I loved, um, uh, their dynamic with one another. I think that that's another thing that this film did better yeah. than than the previous films. Um, I definitely, you know, I as much as I like Anne Hathaway as an actress, I feel like uh, Zoe Kravitz definitely embodies Selena. You know, the Selena that I know from the comics far more, um, and yeah. I preferred the the romantic um, undertones in this film far more than yeah. you know than you know. Uh, the the previous incarnations you know and i love i love like the really campy michelle pfeiffer catwoman um i did like anne hathaway as catwoman but i feel like you know this is you know for me just a much more a mirror of what i get in the comics yeah. um you know and i love their little banter and it wasn't like you know like a big you know full-on romance it's that that little that that cheeky dynamic between them where they kind of have to yeah. pair up, but she's always prepared to take things too far or go off on her own. Um, but then they'll share a sneaky little kiss on the rooftop, but then they part ways. I, you know, all of that I loved. Um, so, you know, that's another thing, you know, I give this movie an A plus for is the Batman and Catwoman yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. And also the, the interesting thing is they only have a romance in costume. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which I, I, it was an element I did enjoy. Uh, Nikki, any strong feelings about... <laughs> well, you know that I hate romance in, like, every <laughs> film. I love In it. life. I li in life, yeah. <laughs> I, lo I love this. I felt myself, like, I was kind of giddy, like, watching it. I'm like, oh, oh, this is what everybody <laughs> likes. Like, I like this together, yeah. Like, uh, Cre Creepshow, really Rob Patterson, and... Uh... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting his way now, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I thought their acting was really on par together. It was just like really strong chemistry. Um, it wasn't like full blown in your face, but it was like it teased it out enough to where yeah. you wanted it to happen. Um, that's where I found myself, you know, as from previous movies where I'm like, all right, Wonder Woman, hang it up. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you, you guys should listen to the pod where where Nikki talks about the romance in uh, a Wonder Woman um, 1984. It's a thing of beauty to listen to her, her anger <laughs> at, all... at two people being in love. Like it. 
but all about the Catman, uh, Catwoman, Batman. It can happen yeah. all day, all day. Yeah, yeah. And that was one actually one of my favorite scenes in the film was uh, was that ending with them on the bikes. Um, yeah, and and like you know, then they you know, and then they have when they have to part ways, and he looks back at her and all that stuff. I really loved it. I you know, cry. Like, I like I want uh-huh. to bawl yeah. my eyes out. Yeah, like, I, I gotta say, I I am I am a romantic. I consider myself a romantic, but I I <laughs> like. I found the whole thing on the bikes at the end just to be a big bag of shite. <laughs> oh, 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 terrible! Oh, I, I, I love that. I love that. I, I, I that. Get out! Oh no! no of course, you've got to get the bikes in for the toy. It's my What was it? I was say, uh, sorry, Rob. What were you saying? I, 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 my, my, for what I could, what little I could add, really, to what Liz and Nikki have said is that I did like. Lightning. It wasn't about romance, but it was about the nature of a relationship. Sure. You saw the nature of their relationship and how, like, I don't want to get all too like when she's got to wear those bloody eye contact lens things, and then they're bickering, and then she's going, "You know what? I want out of this." You understand that they're working together when it's a linked purpose, but she has her own mission. It sometimes overlaps and sometimes doesn't. But Start she invites casual. him. Like when they when she's like, Yeah, I'm gonna get out of Dodge. Why don't you come with me? Like, you know, it's gonna be yeah. fun. Like, you know, she she likes him and yeah. he likes her. Yeah. And you know. Uh um, and yeah. I, I mean they yeah, they're, they're right, but she's not gonna change what she is, and that's the and key he, of he's it. He's not gonna change what he is. You know? At least you know, at so least in this sorry, bro. Uh, at least in this oh, yeah. iteration, uh two people should not be together. Like two very bro- like I, I mean it's like putting two drug addicts together. Like what? why would you do it? <laughs> like don't do it. You're a cool man. You're a cool man. I'm not. Like I love romantic films. Yeah, I we're not talking about like requiem here. Yeah, like sure. this yeah. is not yeah. in that realm. Like this is no. not about that you want it to have you want it to work. You know yeah. it can't work, but you want but it you to want work. it to. Yeah. 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 You know what? Romance is when the relationship isn't working. There you go. That's my mic drop for you. When the relationship isn't working, that's when you bring out the house. Well, There's I, where I, the romance is. I this one was about a relationship. I personally have a belief that, that the best type of love in in films and drama is unrequited love. Because I, I, I feel it's the only one that really works to the maximum kind of needs of drama. So I, I, I kind of, yeah, I mean, maybe you're right there, Rob. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think this really worked for me. I Look, I mean, the, the do you, problems... Did you think Catwoman worked as a character, though, for you? Not so much about yes in relation no. to Batman. Yes right. and no. I, I feel that, that as with a lot with Batman and Catwoman, they've yeah. skewed much younger than ever before. Um so you, you don't really feel that either of them have got a massive amount of experience, uh, especially not Bruce. Like, I, I feel yeah. like very cloistered life, but in a weird way. Yeah. In terms of the, the filmic quality of it, I, I think everyone in the film was slightly hamstrung by the dialogue, which I, I just thought was awful. Like, I, I just genuinely felt that the dialogue in the film was bad. I, I think I think it was just very on-the-nose kind of, uh, look at me, I'm a bad boy, look at me, I'm a bad girl 
let's be bad together. And I, I, it's just like, look, like, please stop. Like, just, just stop. I, okay, I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel that way. It's a machine. We're watching a machine in this film. It is the Batman. That is how Batman speaks. It's pure archetypal, you know, I, boom, boom, I, boom. I, boom. I, 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 I think, you know. Hey, wait, and how was that romantic for all of us, by the way? <laughs> There's something oh, wrong with sorry, all of us. Romantic to you three. Romantic to you three. Sorry, Paul, keep going. Sorry, that just registered. Like, I mean, it, it just, like, I, I think in a way it, it, it kind of harkens back to this, the kind of 90s goth, Thing the film has going on, uh, which is, uh, you know, it, it's there in the Nirvana. It's there even in some of the set dressing. You, you know, Edinburgh, where the, a lot of the film was shot, is a very gothic city. It was also shot yeah. in Liverpool, which is quite a gothic city. Uh, but Edinburgh in particular, there's that that sort of weird room that they have in white uh, in wherever it is Bruce like you don't actually know where Bruce is where he's living you don't need to it's Batman yeah I know <laughs> but uh, it's, it's under a train somewhere yeah yeah there's, there's like the, the subway yeah. stuff which is kind of I quite liked but there's that weird gothic room that has so many spires. it's Wayne Manor dude no it it's, isn't it's not... it isn't they, they, sure? they state, yeah they state quite early on that Wayne Manor is in fact he visits the burnt out Wayne Manor uh, mm. as part of the movie, I, I believe, as part of the, the kind of de detective thing. Uh, sorry, Liz, I'm not trying to be, you know... Oh, no, it's okay, it's okay. Um, mm -hmm. But, and there is... <clears throat> it, it was just so kind of 90s goth, I, or, or sort of uh, theatrically goth, I expected Panic at the Disco to be hanging upside down from the rafters in their full top hats and wedding dresses with roses everywhere. It was just so overblown, and it was just like, look, just freaking pull it back. Stop listening to Nick Cave. Just, just, just oh. draw it back a bit. Just, you, just you, suck it in. I, 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 I you, just okay, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm gonna you. Uh, it's Batman. What isn't gothic no, about? I, I, just, Batman. I mean, yes, but there's, there's seriously, be, Rob. There's got to be a baseline somewhere. Where, where it someone is. It's a house because it's Batman. No, but I, I think that's too much. I think it's too arch for the film they're trying to make. Um, okay. And I, I just felt okay. This is too freaking much because what it actually wanted to do was go. Okay, we're going to be, we're going to give you the the urban reality of the mm -hmm. Nolan films. Yeah, which to be fair, the Nolan films I felt were a very middle class reality, you know. Mm. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I, yeah. I, it, yeah. the Nolan films, and I adore them, and I, I think I think they're the best iterations of Batman. Were films that people who work in the city could really enjoy. Um, I, I think that um, it also wanted the kind of very arch gothic theatricality of of the Burton films. Mm. Uh, and it wanted to have its own gritty crime movie. And it's just like, yeah, this is great, but this is too many ingredients being thrown into the pot. And what you're doing is is you're kind of letting it all rise and bubble and go, look, there's a sausage. That looks good. 
But hey, if you're a vegetarian, we've also got some carrots over there. I'm sure you'll enjoy those. No, uh, I, and, I and think I'm that's just... a Batman and Robin. You know, that's no, no, a review of no, no. these film. No, that's, I'm, this I'm is, sorry. <laughs> this has got one element in it. This is just basically, do you like cabbage? I love cabbage. Then here's three hours of cabbage. <laughs> if you don't like... I don't agree. I, I, I feel it was actually quite misshapen in places. And uh, I, like... I, really, I know. I find it so interesting that um, you're saying that because I felt that it took the best parts from the from the Burton films for me. Like the the weird, wacky, like warpiness, like was it was in the characters and how the characters were presented. Yeah. Darkness okay. hit with the Nolan films. And mm. like it had like a weird cyberpunk kind of element, synth wave like worked into it. So it kind of like oh, tied yeah. together. I, I didn't think it was like to splash this here and there. No, no, I, okay. No. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't. I'm, I'm not saying that. I, I, mm -hmm. I think. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not being clear. I, I feel that they they were nicely balanced. However, I just felt that quite often the film tipped too far into theatricality when it could have done with a bit more of the urban grit and mood. Like I, I feel the successive mood building at the beginning of the film really lost. It started to lose its way quite quickly, and and that. That was a problem for me um, because it's just like, actually, I, I could do with you building mood for another hour. And, and since you've got three hours to play with and you're, you're quite happy for the film to be this extended length, this unnecessary mm. length, then you may as well use it and just keep building mood. Um, but it, it, instead, I, I just felt it kind of, it lost its way. And I, I, I don't know. I, Look, maybe another viewing will will change my mind. I'm not saying it's a bad film at all. Uh, I, I'm saying that it is a, a noble effort. Um, I mean, we haven't even talked about like the kind of <laughs> the stuff at the end, which was just <laughs> that was hard. I thought. <laughs> Running Sorry. with this theme, though, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, I think in my state right now, right, if I'm going to go watch a movie or have a cinematic experience, if I'm going to take three hours of my time, I don't want to watch the news. I want to okay, see, yeah. okay. I want to oh, see yeah. the characters. I want to see, I like the fact that they didn't they weren't following like the everyday human, like in that world, because that's not where my interest lies. My interest lies with the character building and how wacky you, some of these characters can go. Do you not feel though, that, that there is something to be said for that? It might be interesting at some stage to see the Batman through other people's eyes, like it, to see how people react to him, to have him be a sort of creature of mystery. They did that in the Nolan that, films. Yeah, but but not not. I mean, those were no because they were those were Bruce Wayne's story. I, I no, don't but but you do get moment you do, you know, but but you do get that a lot of the scenes were built that way. Yeah. in the Nolan films, yeah. um, you know, particularly that that scene um, where he first goes out as Batman um, sure, in the I mean, alleyway, and I, you know, I mean, uh, so a lot of the I vantage think, point was from from you know the perspective of the criminals, um, yeah. you know. Uh, so so, I, but I. I 
don't know that we're at a point in the podcast where we should start hypothesizing about films that don't exist. Um, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just I, asking a question. I'm just asking a question. Right, Sorry, right, I, right. Continue. I think I. So it's just that they. I feel they do that in the film because the whole point is him being a creature of vengeance that everyone's scared of at the beginning because you don't know mm. which crime is. So you get an element of how he's interpreted then. You see his relationship with the police who don't like him except for the commish. To the end point, which is the idea, which I found, the reason why I said hard earlier, is how do you turn Batman from vengeance into hope? Because yeah. that's the whole point, is that sure. public rally of him being the person who can get them out of this massive flood that's occurred. But I, I, I don't see no, that. I, I, did anyone have problems with that whole flood thing? Did it, anybody? Like, I'm just curious. It's um, so I think what they were drawing from um is some of the like uh like latter half of the Tom King run, I want to say, or right. maybe no it was one. uh, well, there was like not yeah, actually, No Man's Land is is kind of another like reference point um as well, mm. but I think. Um, or maybe it was the end of the Scott Snyder run. I don't know. I can't. I, I, there, there is a scene where Gotham gets flooded. And, um, but uh, yeah, it, it was. Um, you know, it created suspense and everything, and you know. Uh, but I did have a problem with it. To be fair, I, I felt like that went on too long. I felt like the scene of him pulling the people out went on way too long. Um, you know, so at that point, I would say, you know, they could have trimmed 20 minutes from the end and it wouldn't have hurt. The, you know, it probably probably would have improved uh, it for me a little bit. I, I do. I didn't have a problem with the length throughout the film up until that point. I actually felt like it was plotted very tightly and I did never thought to, like, you know, look at my watch or anything. Um, it was only, yeah, that scene was a bit overlong for me. I have got to say, now, the, the, the thing I felt about that stuff, uh, and I just want to get this out of the way before, so to let other people jump in, sorry, because I realise I've been, been talking a lot, um, is that it was too much movie for the movie that had preceded it. Like, it's, oh, now we want to be a disaster movie. And it's just like, no, you, you're too late for that. You'd like you're way too late for that, and you absolutely should not have this thing. And I, I think the better thing would be that the Riddler actually just turns out to be a bit of a damp squib in that he, you know, they kind of solved this mystery. Oh, there's going to be these bombs, and actually, it turns out that there aren't these bombs, and the real crime is happening at the election with these kind of multiple assassins, which I thought was amazing. And I, I thought that stuff with the Riddler's kind of little cult was amazing. Yeah. I mean, there's that, that that weirdly sort of thing that, and, and both Claire and I sort of pissed ourselves laughing at it, but I, looking back on it now, I realise <laughs> kind of what they were getting at, where someone goes, mm. he's got almost 500 followers. And <laughs> just kind of cracked, it's like, what? But of course you realise that what, what he has is 500, uh, as someone pointed out to me uh in the last couple of days, 500 radicalized followers who are yeah. willing to, to show yeah. up with, with snipers rifles. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I loved the whole, I mean, it, it, it was just a beautiful moment where they find the final video and it's just like, hi guys. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I thought that was on a par with the jokers joker, you know, in drag in a nurse's yeah. uniform. 
hi. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like that was just beautifully done. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of good stuff. This whole kind of Zodiac vibe they've got going with the, the Riddler was, Loved it. was yeah. freaking superb. Yeah. But to suddenly flood the entire city mm. is just way too much freaking movie. And it's like, no, guys, you, you had it with the political assassination. You've had the mayor, the mayoral race running throughout the film. You've managed to even kind of, you know, one of my least favourite arguments in in Batman discourse is why doesn't Bruce Wayne just use his money to support people and help people rather than beating up it's just like because then it wouldn't be a bloody Batman book and you should you probably just need to to go and read something else that isn't <laughs> Batman um it, it's my least favorite bit of discourse but they do manage to work it into the film you know with the the the, the, the woman who's going to be on track to becoming mayor it was like hey yeah. look you really need to be doing more and so At a funeral on top of it. Like, settle uh, down. Like, yeah. do you realize um, where you are right now? <laughs> read the room. Yeah, I know. Like, I read the room. Um, but but I just felt it was too much movie for the film that had preceded it. Uh, so, sorry, guys, how did you feel about the, the this sort of end sequence? Um, the the flood and things like that. You guys can Ro jump Robin in for me. Yeah. Oh, anyone? I'll go. <laughs> well, I've already said. I found it difficult. I found it difficult in terms of the logistics. Like I say, maybe it's just my old man's eyes, because when that whole flood thing happened, mm. I didn't have too much of a problem with there being that and the assassins. Right. But I have of just simply just going. What actually is going on? Like, in terms of a sound sensory barrage, is going, but where is that? How does how does him, like, getting all Lara Croft and getting that glow stick out make him a beacon of hope? Yeah. You know, I, did, I didn't understand how that made him go from vengeance to hope in their eyes. Oh, I found a ladder. I mean, you know, that was my only reservation. Wasn't it that he cut the power before it electrocuted everybody? Oh, okay, yes, yes, of I, course. I, that that, that yeah. was before. I uh, you know, now that you've said that, I understand that's why he was doing that now. I thought he was just, <laughs> I don't know why. I didn't get that. it, at, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was preventing it from dropping yeah, okay. in. So, um, because that would have, okay, that yeah. thank you, because that was the bit I just went. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of thing. What they clap? What what was that about? Well, there, yeah, I know there was a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. You know, like after yeah. you know, I didn't have again. I didn't have a lot of negatives, but I I would yeah. say that this was the most uninteresting part of the movie for me. Um, yeah, it brought it into a very realistic element, which I did not like. You know, with all the minions of the Riddler. Um, yeah, but so, uh, what? what? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't was this your favorite part like of the movie? No, no, no. I, I, I just like, I just feel like it was the most kind of telling in terms of where society is going. And not that I think people are going to start running around uh, in ski masks with snipers rifles on mats. However, one thing I do, I do believe is absolutely true of society now is that, that it is fracturing and fracturing into smaller and smaller cults. And I, I like, I, I just felt that was spot on. And, and, it was just like, ah, yeah, okay, they've hit it. They've absolutely freaking hit it. And that is great storytelling. And that is great 
kind well, of. Well, it's it's real. It's and that's yeah. why I think I didn't that's like it. it. Okay. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's oh, like right. I'm so you, just tuning into regular news programming yeah. there. So you would have preferred something more fantastical. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay, I, sure. I was expecting, or I was hoping that it would, you know, that wasn't really the Riddler <laughs> locked away, and he was actually yeah. somebody else coming out. That 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 did cross my mind as well. I, I wondered right. if there was going to be a last minute rug pull, uh, so uh, to speak. Uh, I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna pitch a different end. I want to pitch a different ending to you, Nikki. Okay, all bombs, no ski masks. <laughs> How about Wait, that? What? Oh my! All bombs, all gas oh. bombs all over the place, but none of this ski mask stuff. Because I, I, I get what you mean. It's, it's a bit too no close to the bone of yeah. stuff we see happening. Yeah. So if they had gone for like the fear gas move of Batman Begins, kind of yeah, level, yeah, maybe one or two shoot it. Yeah, bomb float. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rubber <laughs> duck bomb. I yeah, yeah, exactly. The, that, the that, and then that would have been the cherry on top for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There we go. I'll I'll pitch that so, to the next. I mean, next I, can I make an argument about the beacon of hope thing? Now, I, I actually think the Batman shouldn't necessarily be a beacon of hope. I would have liked to have seen some way in which he he stops the sort of multiple assassins um, and rescues people, but then then kind of disappears anyway, sort of into the night. Because I always think that that's supposed to be kind of what he. He does. He's not doing it for gratitude. He's and not I, Superman. I, you know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Bang. There you go. He's not Superman. And yeah. Uh, and and the, what, what's that great thing that comes from from Hush? Funny enough, Liz, where he he has that that sort of you know monologue where he says, you know, the, the the big difference between myself and Clark is deep down Clark is a good person, and deep down I'm not. And I, I yeah. think that is very like that kind of zeroes yeah. in in there. And as I, I think Christopher Nolan made a, a very interesting point, funny enough, he said around the time of the Dark Knight, I think it was. He said for me, yeah. for me, you know, um, Superman is how America see. And, and I'm not knocking America or Americans, yeah. sorry, especially given that two of you are on the pod. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That would be a bit disingenuous, but he said, "Look, I, I think, but you can say, I think you can say this of of, of many countries." But he said, "I think Superman is how America sees itself, and Batman is how America is seen by the rest of the world." And that there, there is there is something in that. I think there is something in that. Um, and I, I think he should always be a, a sort of creature of of darkness, at least to the outside world. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I had real freaking problems with that whole end sequence, and it and it just went on for too long. Yeah. Like you again, it's the Lord of the Rings problem. Oh, it is a bit where they're all on a roof, being helped by a helicopter, and there's the Batman, and it's just like yeah, okay, and then there's the Batman again with Catwoman riding off into the sunset. Oh no, but there they are saying goodbye on a roof, and it's just like, look, is this ever going to end? <laughs> Like, is this film ever going to... When will the film be finished? I need to use the bathroom. Like, come yeah. on, wrap it up. But look, just just, yeah. just, just for the sake of your own thematic no, enjoyment, don't, don't when will the, the film be finished? finished? Don't. Don't, don't stay, stay for the post. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay, so... Okay, Liz, yeah. 
there's, there's a couple of other bits I do want to talk about. I, I thought actually the most satisfying of all the kind of familial stuff that's going on in the film. Sorry, I'm waving the pen around. I apologize. Um, the, the most satisfying for me was the Falcone, Selena Kyle twist, non-twist. Um, yeah, great. Now, that, that's something that's been addressed in the long Halloween, Dark Victory, Catwoman wearing Rome. That, that's kind of all been done uh, in those quite successfully. Um, I genuinely, my the, the real emotion for me came from that moment where she's going to uh, kill Falcone. And mm. that moment where she says, Daddy, and he turns around and he he realizes in that instant and then she kind of tells him and I, I, I kind of, you know, I don't think he, he need, you needed all that stuff about, Oh, my mother was this person. I feel that could have been done just a bit later on. However, like I, I feel that the real emotional punch was right there. Um, because th there is a bit of little girl lost in, in, Zoe Kravitz's interpretation, yeah, at least, um, and I I felt that that could have been kind of a bit more of a focus, um, and and you see it like when she's dealing with another great performance in the film, Peter Sarsgaard as Gil Coulson. Mm. Like I thought that was a beautiful performance, like the, the mm. desperation in that man, and yeah. was just beautifully done. Um, so yeah, and and John Turturro I quite liked as, as Falcone. Um, yeah. So sorry, I, I just wanted to get that out before we because we we yeah. come into like right, right. Sorry. Uh, yeah, there were uh, a lot of uh, there were a lot of really really great performances. I honestly can't think of uh, of any actor whose performance I wasn't happy with. As I said, um, you know, like some of the the stuff with Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, I thought you know it, it was it was weird to watch. But um, I can, you know, I, I actually agree with Rob in that, like, okay, this is the Bruce Wayne who hasn't had to learn to polish himself, you know, and sort of, and uh, put on that public face yet. Um, so, uh, sure. so, you know, it, it, as much as it jarred for me to see it, yeah. um, you know, I, I get that, okay, this is, this is early days, Bruce. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but, Really, um, I, you know, I thought there were some terrific performances from, you know, from all the, you know, all the villains and all the supporting cast. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope we've kind of touched on everyone. I mean, um, Andy Serkis as Alfred didn't get a whole lot to do. He got blown no. up. Is <laughs> it? Yeah, but that, I thought that was, uh, 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 the role of Alfred in this was, again, I thought such a plus point in that I don't think he even mentions his name until, like, what I loved about the film, but what I think could detract possibly others, is the lack of exposition. Right. Yeah, you know, just I, I, I know. I just think that people. If someone said, "I, ha I don't know anything about Batman," I, I know I said kids before, but someone is like, "So people are going to come in and go, yeah, but how does he get the Batman?" Go and watch your Nolan films, and once you're a grown up, you can come and watch these ones. You know. <laughs> Well, go, See, and watch, no, uh, go and watch the animated yeah. series. You know, yeah. the, uh, the vengeance line, you know, because it comes across yeah. very hammy, um, is actually yeah. taken from, <laughs> you know, like a famous line in the animated series. You know, Vengeance, I am yeah. vengeance, you know, uh, all of that. And, um, and also, 
the the antithesis of what the Nolan film. Right. Yeah. He states in the very first movie, like in Batman Begins, uh, revenge is no good to me. That's not what I'm here for. Right. I'm not here for revenge. It's 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 pointless. And so he's already kind of completed that psychological journey. Sorry, uh, please but, carry on. Sorry, but I'm going to pick that apart because the man who killed his parents has already been shot at that point. Yeah. He okay. That's... That sort of personal closure. Mm. This film, which is part of the biggest problem for me is, as we talked about, the Tom Wayne fence sitting, mm. is that it could have been Maroney, it could have been Falcone, it could have been Bob the Builder or Fireman Sam. <laughs> Toby Wong, Toby Chung, you know. So there is always going to be that vengeance. Right. Okay. That's, that's a good point. A good point, eloquently made, Rob. Oh, no, <laughs> the Joker killed his parents, and he kills the Joker. At, the Joker is dead, and the Joker is the man who killed his parents in the Michael Keaton film. So that is a closed loop, which is kind of a problem. Right. Whereas this is vengeance because it's open ended. Um. Did, does anybody, anyone have anything else they they want to add? I mean. Any favourite moments on the film? This, can we just do that? I, I just want to see, is there any one particular thing that really stuck out for anyone? Uh, Nikki, do you, do you have a favourite? I think we already covered it. It was the uh, the Joker waddle. Just that yeah, the little, penguin waddle. Or the, peng, yeah, yeah. the penguin yeah, waddle. Yeah. It was just, oh. <laughs> I loved that not, little not, stuff. I loved the, Yeah, yeah right. that's... That. Matt yeah, Reeves is oh, great. Where he's he all you the right time. Time. Yeah. yeah, it's not like full blown. You know, like again, yeah. I love the costumes. I like the weird, wacky characters. Like, and you, you're not going to see that version of it because it's not the Tim Burton movie. It, this is a different yeah. entity. Right. So they're going to scatter it in that way. Whereas the yeah. Catwoman, her hat, like yeah. it just had like a little point where the ears were. You know. Stuff like yeah. that to like bring out those characters just a little bit more. I thought that that was really cool. Uh, Rob, same moment. I, wanted, I just wanted to add because because of what Nikki said there. I loved it when I'm talking about the film Joker now. When little Bruce Wayne got on a small fire pole to come down to go to the front gate, you know, just to mm. see Bruce Wayne on a little fire pole to go to the front <laughs> gate. But is that again that little moment? But for this one, I think the bit where I suddenly went <gasps> right was. When the Riddler's sitting there going, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, and he's looking at the camera and he goes, like, Who's the one guy we didn't get? And I went, Oh, he's not a complete genius, he is a bit of an idiot, yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was I'm awesome. I like that. Yeah, I really, it was just, it just brought it down to my, my two and a half hour. I went to the bathroom because I'd already seen the one scene where they raided him in the calf. So as soon as that scene started, my brain went, you've got seven minutes to go, right? And came back. Yeah. Rob's building you know, his own version of that app that tells you when you can go for a piss. Um, well, no, I told my mate about that. You know how often they'll take one five-minute scene of a big film now and do that as the preview? Yeah. And we um, came up with this idea that every film over three hours should do that. So you will have seen that bit of the film. You know when to go for a whiz, yeah. Yeah. But so Bruce Wayne, because it played it. Sorry, go on. Sorry. Go on, Rob. Sorry. No, that was it. It's just that it played that level of intellect without suddenly being some Sherlock Holmesian Deuce Ex Machina. 
Yeah, you know, that uh, I think that was a good, it was a good twist within the twist. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with you there, Liz. Did, did you have a favorite? Yeah, I mean, I film? actually the, the moment Rob just mentioned, I absolutely loved. I thought that right. was, you know, I thought that was, you know, you that that was the time in the movie I felt the most tension. Uh, and then the, the, the fact that they walked it back, I actually really liked, you know, um, you know, that that was, I, you know, I thought that was perfect because they could have taken it in the movie in a totally different direction, but it didn't. And um, and, you know, what I also kind of like about the fact that, of course, you know, you don't want to reveal Bruce Wayne's identity at this point is in his career is um, I really liked the moments that kind of reminded you that this is an early days Batman film and that he is not like, you know like the the Batman, you know, with all the experience and uh, and you know all the gadgets and and you know he makes mistakes and he has moments where he hesitates. One of my favorite moments um is when he is like about to run off the rooftop of uh of the, you know, Gotham City Police Department oh, and he like hesitates and he's like, "Well, you know, like you see him have this oh shit moment um where he's you it's clear that he's never actually done this before." Mm. You know, and he's, you know, instead of just like, you know, doing the Batman thing of like, you know, fearlessly flying off the rooftop with perfect grace, he like kind of stops and all, you know, he has to like psych himself up to actually make the leap, Um, Mm. which is then followed by one of uh, the kind of like sillier moments of the movie where he like takes out his like flying squirrel gear, Um, you know, uh, I love the fact that it's not like a sexy cape time. It's bat. like silly flying squirrel, yeah. like you know. So those, is what it would be that it would look dangerous. Right. I those love things. That. Sorry, those things are actually real. Oh no, I know uh, they're yeah. real. I know they're yeah. real, and it yeah, actually yeah. totally makes sense yeah. that that's what he'd be yeah. using at this stage. But it just looks funny. You know, uh, because you're used to Batman just, you know, he's got his, like, glorious cape billowing in the wind. And, you know, he's, like, you know, uh, just on a grappler, like, you know. uh, And, uh, you know, this this obviously is more real world, but silly looking. Yeah. Yeah. That was... (laughs) Um, I mean, like, for me, the final thing on the film is I, I just... I think as a piece of mood and an experiment in in feel and um, texture, I, I think it's a masterpiece. As a movie, I feel it didn't really kind of all hold together to me. Uh, for me, um, I think. That the the films that it draws from are a lot more interesting than this movie. Um, I don't think it has the intellect and the emotional intellect of things like Seven. I, I think the whole voyeurism thing is fascinating because the, ultimately, for me, what the film was about was a was how how things actually are versus how they are perceived. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is right there from the beginning, where it's kind of ripping you know in a good way ripping off things like manhunter where you're seeing the view from the killer's perspective mm. straight away you're you're looking through the killer's eyes you're not looking through batman's eyes i was liz did you kind of get the whole um the full start of it kind of that that might have been the wayne's murder 
at the beginning because you get the little kid is, is pretending to be Zorro. Yeah. And I thought, yep. oh God, I wonder if we're actually going to get a really horrible kind of home invasion version of the murder of the Waynes. And we, and we didn't. And the, the you know, I, I quite like that about the movie. I, I love that opening sequence because the first thing you think you're seeing is not what you are actually seeing. As yeah. you say, yeah. um, it almost like, you know, you, you don't get right away that it's a little kid. Or at least I didn't. No. It took me a, you know, it took me a couple right. of seconds yeah. to work out that it was a little kid in a costume rather than somebody like, you know, standing by a window holding a yeah, sword. Yeah. You yeah. know, like uh and uh and you know, and then, you know, as the context kind of builds, like, you know, it's like, oh, it, it looks like he stabs, you know, the dad. And you know, mm. it's it, yeah. it's like you say, you know, about you know perception and what's yeah. actually happening versus what you think you're seeing you know and, i feel like that really encapsulates that idea that whole that, opening scene that that for me was critical because the film you know becomes about what the batman actually is versus how people actually see him even though i think it was a bit ham-fisted um you have the whole thing with the which was a bit too sci-fi for me the uh the contact lenses um you know, and then of course the conversation that is actually happening versus the conversation that's really going on between Batman and Catwoman and then between Selena and Coulson and the other people in the room. And they're, you know, how you see the riddles even, you know, because they're, they're, they're quite actually, you know, yeah. we talked about the world's greatest detective and the penguin mocks him for that. Oh, world world's greatest detectives. You can't even figure out that this actually means this. And you guys are idiots. And, you know, so I, I think the films that it's borrowing from, and I, I did a little thing about this online, which would, uh, you know, Manhunter, um, mm. Peeping Tom, Blade Runner and um, Strange Days, which are all scopophilic films. And, and I, I think this is a, a scop the first ever scopophilic superhero movie. And I, I my hat goes off to it because of that. I think t they made some really brave choices in this film, despite my, my negatives. And I, I wish the film lived up to those choices. I really do. Um, I expect better things from the next phase of this. Uh, I hope it's not going to be the Joker, uh, as was kind of teased in the the final yeah. scene in the movie, which was entirely like, I, I, like what was that? <laughs> so yeah. I liked it. Okay, so now right. this this was Barry Keoghan, who was in Eternals, uh, yeah. who I believe is an Irish actor. Um, he he's a really good actor, so I I don't mind if he turns out to be the Joker in, further down the line. I just don't want to see it in the next film. Can can someone just tell me what the, the, the there's a mid credit scene or there is like a scene after the film ends or not? It's uh, barely. Um, okay, what, what what can someone just tell me what it is? Okay, it's just a bit of text going goodbye in that Riddle Doss green font. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, it was so yeah. stupid, I actually couldn't even remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, guys. Yeah. like, I know I waited. Yeah. It was like waiting for, like, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming myself at Paul here because we're of a similar sort of calibre of someone waiting around to the end of, like, the credits just for it to say James Bond will return. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Like, that, that, that sort of, like, 
Ferris Bueller had a more substantive end credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. That, 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 that's um, it. So, um, no. No. I think we've... Sorry, my brain just drifted to the point where back in the day when everyone was sending Tim Burton pictures of Dolph Lundgren, the trailer... The trailer for the 89 Batman film was released with a Clint Eastwood movie, and most people were buying tickets to see the trailer and walked out before the main feature started. <laughs> but hey, at least that movie was a hit, right? I mean, I think it was dead. I, I'm sorry, I almost said not Deadpool, but the Deadpool. It was like the last Harry film. Yeah, last Dirty Harry film. I, I uh, remember you know, well. Um, yeah, I, I think. Ultimately, for the, for me, the film is a, a a very very noble, slight failure. I realise that I am pissing in the wind with that opinion, and that I, you know, according to to the wider public opinion, I am wrong, and that's fine. I, I don't mind. Um, You're used to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. The thing is, though, I'm wrong, but not <laughs> because ultimately. <laughs> Ultimately, time will be on my side on that one, as with Spider-Man No Way Home, which was a, a fun film, but an appalling bit of craft. Um, but look, I, I'm glad that everyone here seemed to enjoy it. I, I'm really glad that you guys all went. And- I'd, recommend, I'd recommend it to most people. I would say oh, definitely yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't. No, and, and here's the thing. It's an interesting thing because, again, as with Spider-Man No Way Home, I would absolutely say go see it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely right. go see it. I, I would not say don't go and see this film. I, I can only talk about the way I... I okay, should we talk about the way the rest of us feel? And then... Uh, Please, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, okay, uh, so final thoughts. Uh, Nikki. Oh, I. you know, I was just remembering something that I didn't even bring up. I like how they had the penguin in the igloo lounge. And like that the iceberg whole, lounge, yeah. For the iceberg yeah. lounge, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. After reading yeah. um, all those comments, you know, finally just like seeing the environment and everything. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, final thoughts. I, I thought it was great. It, it really stacks up. It's it's the top of the list of the Batmans for me, and I can't wait to watch it again. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Rob? Yeah, I, I, I'd say it was, it, was, it was really good. My only reservations are, ironically, because I'm being a bit pernickety because this is great. You love Batman. It's the Batman. This is great. My own caveat is there will be people out there going, but how does he get the ranks and stuff, right? It, this this film is not for you. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. If you know how a millionaire dresses up as a bat and gets that car, right, go and watch Top Gear or something, right? Go hang out with Elon Musk. Yeah? I mean, it, it, it is... It's like the Flashpoint ad. Are you in? That's ultimately it, you know. Are you you're in? You're in. This is it. It's three hours of Batman. No problem with it at all. Elizabeth, um, I, I, you know, as much as I, you know, because I love to nitpick things, even though, like, even the things I really like, I know I have nitpicked a little bit, but I really, really liked it a lot. I walked out of the cinema thinking, like, I loved that. It was awesome. Um, you know, I really did, and uh, and I would say, you know, for me. Um, you know, it's, I, I, you know, you know, my deep, deep love of the Nolan films. I absolutely, Mm. you know, so it's, it's for me, it's, it's always going to be hard to top them, 
However, I would say this probably tops Dark Knight Rises for me. Um, okay. It doesn't mm. top uh, the first two, but I would actually, you know, I would I would rewatch this sooner than I'd rewatch Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I really think it's up there. That's a high compliment for me because I like Dark Knight Rises, but you know, I I, yeah. I think it has issues that this film, you know, I I I felt did better. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, and has more rewatchability to it. Mm. So, uh, so you know, that's that's actually you know that's that's big words, um, you know, coming for me. And uh, and I wasn't expecting it. I was you know I was expecting you know hoping to enjoy it, but I enjoyed it a lot more. Um than I even thought I was going to. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I really look forward to seeing what the next film is going to be like. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing this one again in the cinema. Cool. That's awesome. I mean, I, I, I am genuinely really glad that you all got something out of it. Um, I, I mean, I, I will watch it again. I'm, I'm probably not going to rush to the cinema to watch it again. I would like a bit of, space now however i think the themes and the things that the film brings up are always worth talking about again and i'm, I'm sure i'll be doing that and i i you know i've really enjoyed hearing what you guys think i mean i i feel like in a way we've only scratched the surface and we could we could kind of go on for for another hour about this we're not going to though <laughs> no. but i, I want to thank you for giving up you know, we said this would be an hour. We've gone nearly two. I, I just want to thank you guys for giving up so much of your time this evening. Um, as always, uh, you know, you remain uh, incredible co-hosts that I'm very lucky to be able to work with. Um, and I want to thank you for coming on and doing that. Uh, Rob, it's been a pleasure getting to do a show on. with you. Um, again, so long. So it's been, you know. it's been like three years, man. Been like three years. As you can see, I was busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, but yeah, it, it's been my Twitter handle, Paul. Do you want to tell them or shall I? Because I know this is always a thing of yours. So, <laughs> so, uh, if you want to follow Rob, <laughs> you can catch him at at Rob Deb on Twitter or on Facebook. How, uh, just in case people are having difficulty, Rob, how, how do we how do we spell your name? How do you see at Rob Deb? R O B D E B. <laughs> Um, uh, as, as always, hi Paul. Never <laughs> at Rob um, Deb. I, I do want to just uh, again say goodbye, but also wave hello to uh, uh, Nikki. Um, thank you so much for coming back and doing this. Thanks for having me. I, I have genuinely really missed doing pods with you over the last sort of like me we too. had a big gap, and and I hope. This will be the start of us being able to do them again. The next one for us will probably be Peacemaker. Am I oh, right? I Once, can't wait if, for that. If that ever turns up in the UK, oh. uh, Nikki and I... The picked up starts at the end of March. Now brilliant. TV there you go. Oh, so, good. Um, Nikki, depending on how the whole they show season. it... We're the whole season one, one shot. It's not going to be weekly. Right. So, so Nikki, in, in between Liz and I doing our, our two shows a week, because we'll be doing uh, Moon Knight and, uh, and our regular comic show during that time, somewhere in between that, you and I, I, I imagine 
early April. We'll we'll get together and we'll do Peacemaker if you're if you if you want to do that. Wait. Because I, I'm I'm really eager to get get back to doing pods with you, and I hope that'll be the start of you coming back on and, and doing this. So, and Liz, as always, thank you so much. I don't think like we got enough from you tonight. I I, I do want to hear more of your thoughts on the film. Um, but you know, I, I hope I'll get that at, at least in. in I'm sure in we film. can. Be, you know, it, it will trickle into conversation. Um, yeah. You know, on our on our other pods stuff. So. Um. But yeah, uh, thank you so much for giving up so much of your time this evening, Liz. Um, it, it, it's been a pleasure. And I'm, I'm glad you, you all got to finally meet. Uh, obviously, our love to Keith, who, who couldn't be here tonight, but we hope he's having fun at Fright Fest. Um, this he pod is. will probably go I'm out. I know Glasgow Fright Fest. He is. Yeah. He <laughs> is. Um, I know that. There's someone there cosplaying a human centipede as we speak. <laughs> Hey, wow. but but on the plus side, Rob, at least it's not us. <laughs> no, no. no I, started, I started, so I should finish that. What it is, is it's one guy who's taken two dolls and he's attached them to himself and attached them to the other one. I'm glad right. you clarified that. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure of the rating of this show, so I felt I should, you know. <laughs> This show is definitely always a hard R. Um, so uh, I, I do want to thank you guys for coming on. Uh, thanks so much. You can catch us uh, at the Comic Crush. Um, and uh, you can... Nikki, where can people find you now? Behance. Just if you want Behance, to see any yeah. art. Yeah, or iTunes as the music page. Yeah. Right. Slant We're going to include include all that in the uh, in the description. Liz, you can follow at Liz C. Jordan or on her own uh, fantastic website, lizcjordan.com. Um, Rob, is there yes. anywhere people can see some of your comedy? I'm, or... I'm on at the Museum of Comedy at the end of March, March 27th. Not so right. new comedian of the year. And you can follow me on Twitter at RobDeb, R-O-B. Deb, could you message me a link to that, please, Rob, on on yeah. Facebook, and I'll I'll put yeah. that into the thing. Um, cool. So, guys, thanks so much again. Sorry to the audience that we went so long with this one, uh, but I, I, you know, I think we had some fantastic, interesting points from everyone here. Goodbye to you all. Um, Bye. We'll catch you next time on the cross. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you all for watching. Bye.